0: I was able to get Kiki Palmer for the second issue, which was a big thing to this day. I'm, I'm very proud of that accomplishment.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Modern Model with Brandy and Salitha. So like we said in our one of our past previous episodes, we are starting the episode with a highlight of the week. Mm -hmm. so Brandy do you want to go first oh goodness okay well highlight of the week
2: um guys remember that case study that that I did late (laughs) well it wasn't late I just I hadn't done it in like an earlier time yeah so I got an A thankfully I was really scared because I did not um to call I it definitely was something I rushed on, but I was glad I got it finished. So that was my highlight. and my other, I don't know, like I played basketball with my brothers and I didn't I didn't do terrible.
1: <laughs> you didn't do terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, I forgot about the case and I saw my grade today. And I would say, you know, My grade was good. I got an A2. I wish I got 100, and I didn't. Now the world knows. But (laughs) uh, I would say, like, mm, going to watch the basketball game, it was just through the screen anyways. I was not there live. But that was (laughs) fun, you know, even though we lost. But good season. Yeah, you know, that's still good. I mean, we... We had a good run. (laughs) We we had a good run. We did good. We made history. Yeah. Yeah. So jumping into today's topic, we have a special guest with us. Brandy, would you like to introduce her? Yes. So today we have we're and we're welcoming
2: LaPorsha Lowry. She's an advocate for Black Women and Girls and the owner and publisher of Sister Keeper magazine and the creator of all her media. So (laughs) we're gonna Get to know her a little bit more and everything that she does. So, um, LaPortia, um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, like your hometown, school, and background?
0: Hey, everyone. I'm LaPortia. I am from Charlotte, North Carolina. I actually am um, having a birthday coming up in April, so I'm um, about to be a year older, but. Um, I'm originally from Charlotte. I went to school in Greensboro, North Carolina at North Carolina A&T, which actually just happens to be my shirt I have on today, representing my Aggies. I played basketball there um, for two years, and I also majored in journalism. So it kind of aligned with what I'm doing right now and what I'm about to do as a full-time entrepreneur. And I also uh, went to graduate school at Syracuse University to um, pursue... Ma- the magazine side of journalism. So that kind of set me up to um, start my magazine that I did in um, I started in 2012. So it's almost nine years old now. So I have uh, almost a third or fourth grader as, as far as if it's my my child. So in that equivalent. So but yeah, that's pretty much about me. I'm from Charlotte. I'm the oldest of four girls. Um, so that kind of ties into my Whole thing about sisterhood and being my sister's keeper. So it's something that I've been doing since I'm the oldest since I was four years old. So that's just something that is a part of me.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, Brandy and I are the oldest too. Except yeah. we, have, we have brothers. <laughs> yeah. um, so, have you always wanted to be a media creator, or did that was that something that kind of came to you throughout college?
0: Well, as far as being a media creator, it, um, journalism has definitely evolved. I de- I always wanted to be a writer, and once I learned that journalism is the actual industry that you go into, so that's when I learned that. That's when I started, you know, majoring in that and then going into that field. But um, always, I always wanted to be to create and write things, but just over the years it's evolved with journalism. Like now you have to be able to do everything. You have to, when I was in school at first, um, you know, you would have certain concentrations, but now it's definitely more so, um, you have to learn, You have to know how to do everything. You have to know how to do videos. You have to like, just like with anything social media or anything uh, with journalism right now. So it's just something that evolved, but I always, I guess I always did want to create my own content.
2: Who would you say was your biggest inspiration in pushing you forward and doing everything that you're doing right now?
0: Well, Brandy ought to know this question because I, uh, (laughs) she ought to know the answer to this because I remember when she was in my class um, in this this summer program and I rammed Oprah Winfrey down there through everything was like connected to Oprah Winfrey. So that's definitely one person who was a big inspiration for me. Um, on several different levels. Um, She's from the South. She went to an HBCU. She's a black woman. She um, is a bigger black woman. Like she's not, you know, too skinny or whatever. So it's just a lot of different levels that outside of even the journalism and media and just becoming the big household name that she was. That definitely inspired me, but just her herself inspires me as well. But also with the journalism and media and stuff like that so that was probably my biggest person journalism wise I also had people like Robin Roberts who used to be on SportsCenter when I was little Um, now she you know she's on Good Morning America and everything but she used to be and that was one a person like a black woman doing sports that was like unseen before then so she would be another inspiration for me as well as um, Queen Latifah's character on Living Single, Khadijah James. That definitely, as far as a fictional character, someone who um, I saw, even though she struggled with, you know, with her magazine, like finding money and funding and stuff like that, is still something that inspired me for to do it to start my magazine.
2: Yeah, I I love Khadijah. I love Queen Latifah. So yeah. all those people are just like. Yes,
1: them. Yep, Oprah. We love Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so can you tell us more about your magazine, Sister's Creep- Keeper?
0: Yes, so I um, started um, the magazine. I actually did not plan to start it so soon. My, You know, when we have plans and then God changes our plans, it's so funny because um what my initial plan was was to go to school for journalism go to New York work for essence magazine for however many years um, like kind of like Susan Taylor, who is a lady who was um, The editor in chief of that magazine for like 20 years My plan initial plan was to go and work in New York and writing and working for magazines and stuff and then start my magazine later on, but what happened was I went to graduate school because I didn't have a job right out of college and so I applied to graduate schools and Syracuse had a specific program for magazines and I really struggled in that program but it, it really made me know that this is really what I wanted to do and then I really had to hone in those skills because regular journalism like newspapers and TV and radio all that stuff is a slightly different than magazines. So. I had to really struggle in that program, but it definitely motivated me to go ahead and start my magazine. Um, I had all my initial ideas of what I wanted the the magazine to be about, and so I took extra classes. I actually um, did a couple independent studies in graduate school so that I could put together my business plan, put together my um, first initial issue, I did like a preview issue for one of the independent studies. So it just kind of was that those building blocks that I took for during my master's program. And then after that, I was a magazine publisher and I um, put together the issues and I, you know, try to get in it try to find girls who are good examples for my readers to talk to them about entrepreneurship. Sometimes we have actors and Um, singers and celebrities sometimes we have more girls they are not as famous but they have like their own businesses and things like that so I definitely try to find girls who are uh, who fall into that what the magazine is about which is self-esteem and sisterhood so definitely always want to promote that so that's the basis of how I started it
2: yeah so do you have any uh, notable interviews that you've done that you like are like, this is I, my top?
0: So I um, actually, initially my first number one choice was Kiki Palmer um, for my very first issue. But the summer of 2012 was when Gabrielle Douglas blew up and she won the Olympics and everything like that. So I put her on the first cover, but I was able to get Kiki Palmer For the second issue, which was a big thing to this day, I'm I'm very proud of that accomplishment because I was a new, you know, it was a a new magazine. I was pretty much doing it all by myself, and I was able to get this big interview with Kiki Palmer. I think that was she had a movie, a Lifetime movie coming out where uh, I forget the name of it, but she was. um, I was able to get in contact with her people months before that, and then I was. It just happened that I was able to get her for the second issue I ever published and then I also kept in touch with her people to get connected to Zendaya which is so funny because like she has blown up herself she's winning Emmys and starring in TV but I got her when she was on Dancing with the Stars so um, those were kind of my two biggest ones Um, I did interview Yara Shahidi Um, oh my I would say my my other biggest ones was Chloe and Hallie. I got, uh, I interviewed them like Love right that. when they won. Yeah, right when they won, The it was a Disney, radio Disney competition that they won. And it's just so funny to see them now. Like they have grown up so much and they're, they're so accomplished and I'm so proud of them. Like all of them, all of these girls, even the, the celebrities are, I really see them as my little sisters. Like it's really, that's really what it is for me. Like I get, get these girls because they mean something to me as well so you know I um, those are probably my my biggest ones and I also have had a lot of girls who own their own businesses so I think that that's another part of it for me like how entrepreneurship is kind of the thing right now especially with what's going on and everyone is starting their own businesses I, I love to highlight girls who have their own business
1: that's awesome. Those are some
0: really nice names out there. I know. <laughs> so while I got, you- a, I got them before, like I got them kind of before they got, because I think I interviewed Kiki Palmer um, a couple of summers before she got in the Cinderella Broadway play. And wow. I think if, I think that might've been around the time, was it before or after she had a talk show on BET? But it was just like, it, it worked out perfectly because- I was able to um, make those connections with her representation and and it worked out the schedule and everything. So.
1: Mm. Awesome. So while you were creating your own media brand, what are some setbacks that you have encountered? And then how did, what did you learn from that starting your own company?
0: Well, probably the biggest, (laughs) the biggest thing for a lot of new things that people try to do is funding. Um, for me, I pretty much put this magazine out without, without getting, a, I call it the labor of love at this, at this stage even still because I don't make a lot of money off of it, but it is something that I pre- present to the world and to, you know, teen girls who I, I feel like as long as I'm doing that right now, all the, you know, money and all the, you know, advertisers and um, recognition and all this stuff will come later. But as long as right now, like I always try to focus on having the content still be, you know, of of a high quality, and have something for young girls, that are able to take away from it and feel better about themselves and work together as, you know, as peers and things like that. So it's it's not that I I mean I, I know initially I me mean, eventually I will make money off of it like to you know all that stuff that's what I'm transitioning right now um after this school year because uh, I'm a teacher right now but I'm transitioning away from the classroom so I can focus on getting that funding and stuff but I but the biggest thing for me right now is making sure that I have that product that is of, of a certain quality so that when things are when things start happening that won't be what needs to improve so pretty much like the funding part of it but it's something that I have to that I just keep motivating myself because I know that will come
2: it will it will <laughs> so was there ever like a highlight moment in your career so far or during an interview or something that you're like this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is this is all worth
0: it well I think partly being able to and having that background in journalism and knowing how to contact these people and how to send the emails and 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 get the run around and still be you know persistent in you know if you get a number and they tell you to call it, it's just keeping up with what you want to do. So when I when I get these interviews and I'm able to get on, whether it's Zoom or used to be Skype or anything like that, like you actually connect with the people who you are trying to reach, that's, that's always the best thing. And also, I do have subscriptions available that I, you know, put together and send out. That's always a joy to um to get the magazine printed and sit there i usually have somebody helping me or i'll do it myself like putting the magazines in an envelope and putting the labels on them so i can send it to subscribers or send it to girls who um either sign up for like a free issue a free copy or get a subscription so whenever i get a new subscription it's not even about um making money it's all it's about somebody believing in that product so i think that's probably one of the biggest things for me when i when it comes through my paypal and it's like a new subscriber and i always get excited because it's like somebody else came across it like i never know how people come across it like even even though i do um even though i do you know the normal marketing advertising so you still don't ever know how somebody comes across it they might see it on instagram they might see it on facebook they might just i've heard a lot of a couple parents tell me they literally were just um typing in magazines for teen girls and somehow mine came up and they and they saw it and they saw the content was you know something they want their their daughters to read so it's just it's it's crazy like you never know how people come across your your product or your what you have going on so that's why you just always have to be prepared you always have to be you know to a high level so that you never know when because tomorrow somebody like Oprah or Tyler Perry or somebody like that might come across it as well so then it's it's just like you have to just be prepared but I I enjoy those moments, like getting a new subscriber or you know, putting the magazines um, together to send out. So printing out the labels and all that stuff is, I like doing that too. That's kind of like the high moment. I
2: love
0: that, <laughs> I love that. Um, so I, I met you at, at the
2: Wells, which was a leadership program for a young minority woman at Princeton. So how did you get started there?
0: I um, came across it random, like I just say, like, you never know how some people, how people can come across your, what you have going on. I may have come across it from like someone um, sending it to me. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly, but I came across it and I initially I wanted to cover it. So I um, wanted to just, you know, see what was going on. I wanted to talk to the owner and, and all that stuff about you know just talk to them about it and then i got to talking to her and she was like well you know we have such and such a class and i had actually um just started getting into where i thought i wanted to be a teacher so that was kind of like the perfect opportunity for me to teach a class it was a writing class so that was something that i was interested in teaching so i um It just happened to, you know, I told them that I was interested in that and I was, I gave them all my credentials and stuff like that. So they got me, they brought me on to teach that writing class. So it was, it was just something that happened, you know, the way it happened, but I think I was just trying to, um, I was just initially trying to cover it just to get the word out about it because it was a great, you know, program and platform.
1: Yeah. Um, how long were you teaching there?
0: I taught there just one summer because it's a summer program. They, they spend, I think it was two weeks that they spend there, and they're taking these kind of higher level, almost, well, collegiate level classes kind of, and it's really intense. But it, I think that a lot of the girls got, Brandy included, they got a lot out of it because they put a lot into it. So it was really interesting. Like I still talk to a lot of them you know, the ones who I had the bit, you know, the deepest connection with. So it was very, even though I only did it for one year and I didn't like return or anything, it was, it was a time where I was supposed to be there and I was supposed to, you know, meet that group of girls. I definitely, I definitely agree with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do um, did that like uh, lead you to wanting because I know you said you were interested in teaching and so did that like kind of jumpstart you into your teaching like and teaching full time
0: yeah so that because that was kind of like the what what made me really you know decide that I wanted to, that I wanted to teach or at least try out teaching because I was able to like a, everything that you think a teacher should do make can make the connections with the students. Um, you know, have fun and, and really just be yourself. Like, I like not, nice, well, at, at the will I was able to do it but not so much as, not as much in like actual teaching but I was able to, you know, put my personality in it a lot and um, really just make those connections with the students. So it was something that, it was a different, like, of course it was a different, um, situation so it wasn't going to be exactly like in the actual classroom but it definitely inspired me to to want to make those connections into to to teach you know full-time
1: yeah well that's interesting because it's like oh I just tried out teaching at Princeton and then (laughs) (laughs) yeah so can you tell us more about your it's
0: El Shanice media right um the queen narrative So the Queen narrative is something that I came up with because I've always, well, I'm from Charlotte, which is the Queen City, that's a little part of it, but I um, have always been into, well, the, the basis of it, I've always been into pageants. I'm a bigger and taller girl. I'm not, you, if you look at me, I played basketball, I did sports and stuff, you wouldn't look at me and say, oh, she likes pageants and stuff, but I really am interested. I like pageants. I just like all the the pageantry of it, like the dresses and um, even just answering the questions that they ask. Like, I think they try to ask a lot of thought provoking questions and I just I just love pageants. And so, like when I was in high school, I did. It was called the Miss North Met pageant. I was not trying to win. I was not trying to be Miss Charlotte. I was not not trying to get anything out of it other than to participate in this pageant. And so I remember I wrote a poem um, in my, it was 11 I think it was either 11th or 12th grade. I wrote a poem in my U.S. history class, uh, wrote a poem to, to try out for the pageant, ended up getting in it and was, um, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't trying to win or anything, but it was, I think, I got miscongeniality Congeniality or something like that, but that's because a lot of my friends were in pageant too, so if I'd be honest, like, but it just, I love watching, you know, beauty pageants. I like what they represent at the heart of them. Just even though, you know, people might try to say whatever about pageants and stuff, I really do think that it's a very, like the, the program of it. So I started The Queen Narrative basically the real reason I started was because um, 10 years ago, I when I was at AT, I ran for Miss AT. And again, being I had played basketball at AT, a lot of people knew me from that. Didn't really correlate me being, you know, the smile and wave queen of the the campus. But I decided to run. I was like, you know what, I just try it and, you know, get a couple people to vote for me or whatever. So I ended up um making the runoff which it was like seven girls at first so i was like the last the one of the, the final two people like su- surprised me to this day like I was, I was like people voted for me i was like okay so but i didn't win that but i always carry myself in that way like a queen like i always have been someone who's like very confident and i'm i'm tall and i you know stand up straight and carry myself in a certain way and so I just walk around like, even whether I miss Auntie or not, I'm, you know, I'm gonna conduct myself in that way. And so ten years later, I was reflecting on what it meant for me to run for that and just kind of like showing a different side of myself, all that stuff. So the Queen narrative was birthed out of the idea of writing your own story and, you know, not letting people assume things about you not let not letting people just put you in a box so that's really what it is and the queen narrative is like it's more so the narrative part is like telling your own story but we can all be you know everybody can be a queen you don't have to be have a title or anything like that so that's kind of where I'm kind of rambling a little bit but that's that's where I got that that idea came from
2: no I got it I got the connections because I we actually had someone um, we had as a guest before who was in pageants and she was saying how much more it was than what is surface level looked at as, oh, you're just, you're there to look pretty and that's it. Like there's more um, substance to it than what you think of when you think of pageants and then just translating it into making it something where anybody can be a queen, like it's just how you, walk upon this earth how you deal with life that's that's what makes you Mm a queen. I love that
0: yeah I definitely agree with that because I don't like I've always just had that confidence to where I if I don't get what I want it doesn't mean that I am not worthy of it and I like for me I would just ask my, my friend um to tell me like about my like describe my personality and they were like you're someone who is going to try to do something and if you fail you're going to get up and try something else like what, what I don't really know like what else to do other than get up and try something again or try something else or even if it was I didn't win and miss a t but I've stayed close to a lot of the winners and I've also uh, worked with them like a couple of them have nonprofits that deal with teen girls and things like So it's always a connection that I, and I guess the queen part of it is is this at the surface level, but it's always something up under there. So like you said, she said that it's not just about smiling and waving in a bathing suit or in an evening gown. It's always, like my favorite part is when they answer the questions. Like that's always my favorite part because you can tell who's trying to give a good answer and like get those points and you can tell who's really passionate about what they're saying so and that's why i like a lot of a lot of people who um have been in pageants and stuff and they and you see other stuff that they have going on and so it's not just to be missed whatever it's they have some substance behind them
2: yeah for sure for sure what are your plans or goals that you have for the future like short-term or long-term and short-term as in five years long-term as in the next 10 years
0: well for me I definitely am going to I have a countdown going I think I'm about 61 or 62 days um, to doing uh, my business and my content and my magazine and stuff full-time because I really feel like I need to put that energy that I put into teaching, that I put into whatever else I have going on, I need to put that into what I actually want to do. So, because it's been really difficult since I've been a teacher, kind of like falling off a little bit with my magazine and trying like my hardest to get that back on track and to make the, because a lot of people, it's, it's so funny, like people don't think that uh, it's enough people doing content, There's enough people um, uh, it's enough people doing like content and stuff that people don't think much of it, but you definitely have to have certain skills and stuff. And that's what I want to focus on full time is to, you know, put that content out there, video editing, all this stuff, you know, it's all these apps that people use and, and a lot of people can do it, but it's just like that passion behind, it. like I was saying, like I think that would differentiate me between a lot of people because um, I have that background and I have that passion for it. And when I'm able to do it full time, like wake up, creating content, making phone calls, connecting with people, getting these interviews, getting um, the traction behind it, getting these views and these um, new followers and stuff. I think that that's what will definitely be my short-term goal. And then long-term is I don't really see myself ever letting go of my magazine if I start five more magazines then I probably will ration those out or delegate that work but I think that the one that I have right now I will always be a part of it in some way like I'll always be connected to it or involved in some way so I think that's my long-term goal whether or not stuff comes along like I want to start publishing books and stuff through my and things like that through my business as well Um, because I have a lot of stories that I want to write I have outlines and a couple chapters here and there I really want to focus on that as well even if it's self-publishing for the first you know for the first month or period so as far as short time just getting everything back on track and and really focusing my time energy and everything that I have into my business, even if it doesn't work out, which we're not gonna we gonna say it's gonna work out. We're not but gonna speak we, that into the universe. We gotta, we gotta put that, but I understand, out. you know, um, putting my energy into that and, and really giving it a try. Like I really have to, in my heart, I feel like I need to focus on that. And then just later on, you know, just using my platform to, to promote the things that I believe in, you know, going and speaking to schools and and groups with girls and teen girls and things like that. So it's just a lot of stuff that I have in mind that I want to do. I just have to focus initially. And and once I do that, everything will come together. It will. So true. Mm
1: -hmm. So throughout your whole experience, what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned?
0: the biggest lesson is probably not to give up because i have had a lot of people even my even one of my even my mom or one of my my parents like not understanding just because someone does not understand what you're trying to do does not mean you should not do it does not mean that you're not supposed to do it or you shouldn't do it i think that once people you have to be well, for me personally, I have to be a show me person or a lot of people around me are show me people. Like I have to, you know, they, they like for example, if I get my magazine printed and sent send out, they'll see, or they'll think about how much it costs. And I'm thinking about, I'm gonna actually, somebody is going, a girl is going to receive this, because I do purple envelopes because my favorite color is purple. So I do purple envelopes and like I, I know it, like there's a girl who's going to receive this purple envelope with her name on it. It's a piece of mail for her and she's going to receive that and it's going to mean something to her. So I I think that that's why I don't necessarily worry about how much it costs for oh, me to take this big stack of envelopes to the. Um, post office and spend $30, $40 to send them out. But I'm thinking about when that young when when that young girl gets that envelope and she opens it and she sees the content and she sees, you know, someone who looks like her on the cover, someone who has their own business and inspires her to start her own business. Like that's what I focus on. So the biggest thing like I said, just because someone says you shouldn't do it or that you should do it a certain way it doesn't mean you shouldn't try it your own way because it's a lot that people can hold over your head especially when they feel like something hasn't worked before sometimes you you are the missing link sometimes you are the thing that was missing from if it failed a thousand times it's because that's how i feel a lot of times too i'm like it felt like team magazines might have failed because i wasn't the editor or i wasn't the publisher like, I, like sometimes i really do feel like that like it failed. May have failed before, because somebody told me that one time. Like, well, you know, teen magazines don't really work. And they, the, the, the girl, like, right now, I'm dealing with, you know, everything is digital. These, these, um, kids don't read. They don't want to read anything in their hand. They're always on their phone and stuff. So that's where I've transitioned into. I have a mobile app for the magazine. I also have the social media and the website and stuff. But I still keep the pure print version as well because they're. On on the other side of that, there are a lot of people who love to, like, there's a lot of girls who love receiving that purple envelope and they have a piece of mail that has their name on it. It's for them and they can go in and get all this positive content, you know, to feel better about themselves, to inspire them and things like that. So that's kind of like the biggest thing that I hold on to, even when stuff, even when I don't feel like doing it. Some days I do feel like... (laughs) not doing it but I just that 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 wears off really really fast so it's only moments that I feel like that
2: yeah I love that though because honestly the magazine is for such a good cause and then just like building girls up because a lot of times especially with um social media it's easy to like get caught up in Mm -hmm. comparisons rather than thinking oh look you know, thinking what can you take out of it, like the positives and how to build yourself up, or um, like you said, inspiring stories. I think those are all really important, especially for young girls in general. So I I really, I love that you're doing it.
0: (laughs) I mean, especially like, even if it's something like skincare, skincare can help you feel confident about you. And that that ties into the self-esteem part. Like, even if i have a story you know uh, something fun about skincare or cute hairstyles but if a girl goes and gets that hairstyle and it helps her confidence that's that's the purpose of it being in the magazine it's not necessarily to you know say you're ugly for not having this hairstyle but if you try like this have ideas that will help you and you never know how that will connect with somebody you never know how that will help them so um, I always like to do skincare stuff more so than makeup or beauty type of stuff. I try to do more skincare and hair care stuff. Um, like I like to do lip. Like I don't. I won't too soon put a lot of makeup stuff in my. I might put lip gloss or something that's age appropriate, but I won't have like you know. Full, like I I won't do all that because that just, I feel like that doesn't serve the purpose of the magazine, like the lip gloss and stuff like that would be something that's something simple, but I try to keep, you know, that's those two things in, in mind when I do everything
1: yeah Yeah, awesome um I really like that you're doing this right now like you said you weren't doing it full-time but you do have a full-time job it's inspiring to have like people who have jobs and they're still working on what they're passionate Mm -hmm. on on the side and eventually that's going to build up kind of like what we're doing with this podcast
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) but But I will say is that and I feel this way too so I I'm talking to myself too but sometimes things are not as oversaturated like it might seem like everybody has a podcast it might seem like everybody has a youtube channel every and and i'm talking to myself too like it means everybody has social media but i think that as long as you stay with your purpose of what you're doing it for you'll get your you'll get organic followers because there are people like like myself i have several podcasts um you know that i subscribe to it's not like you pick one podcast and that's the only podcast you can subscribe to. It's like, yeah, it's like everybody has a podcast. It seems like everybody has all of that, those, um, platforms for their content. But as long as you keep true to yourself and you get what you, um, what you want to get out of it and you put out what you want to put out with it. that I, I just, I can't tell anyone to to not do something just because it seems like everybody else is doing it. Sometimes that works because if that's the trend, then that's how people can come across it. So, you know, just just do what you we we can try out every try out stuff that I'm I'm just in that vein right now, especially. Like
2: Yeah, no, I, I, that's another lesson (laughs) that, no, but that's really good. Um, that, that honestly does is something that is really true. It's just to stick with it and know what your purpose is at the end of the day, Mm because that's what helps in keeping that driving force where, as if it was just like a little, when you may be like okay I tried it didn't really like it oh uh, or it didn't work out how I planned and then you move on to the next thing so that just shows that it's a true passion of yours and that you really want to continue
0: so you always have to be adaptable because you know social media is an industry now like if you would like if I had told my parents that like I'm, I'm gonna be on social media making money they're like how like but people like you have to understand like this, like the, the skill set and all that stuff still comes into play because, you know, I'm working right now to to add an element of social media management to my business. And that might seem like, yeah, I'm on my, but I'm already on my phone all day, every day. So why not make money off of that? Literally being on Instagram, helping a, a business to reach new followers or to help them. So it's almost, it's always have to be adaptable because you never know in five minutes, stuff will be different, let alone five years, or especially if you are in college or stuff like the skill set, like, like that stuff, I truly believe is still at the core. No matter what the trend is, no matter if social media goes away tomorrow, you still will have, all, you still have equipment on our phones that to, that can still do stuff. So you just always have to be adaptable and and do what you want to do. I'm talking to myself too. So don't, don't think I'm preaching to anybody. I'm talking to myself as well. Cause I am at the point now where I have to do what I want to do. And I, even if I take a year off from teaching, this year will be for building my business. And then hopefully by that year, when that year is over, I say, Oh, I just could keep doing this and I can just, you know, that's the plan but we'll see well I'm glad that you're doing it you're doing something that's
1: good and it's something that makes you feel good so but thank you for being a guest on our podcast yes we really appreciate it
0: (laughs) if I had something like a last thing to say it's just you know stay true to yourself and try try things out because you never know like next next year we might be you know be back to normal but there's still going to be an aspect of the uh, online stuff that's always going to be here because it's worked out so well like you're still gonna have people who don't feel comfortable going out or doing whatever but you can still reach them because we we've all become fluent in zoom and you know high level zoomers and whatever other platforms it is. So I definitely think it's it's just another part of that change. So that's true.
2: Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of What I Wish I Knew. We hope you guys can check out El Shanice Media and she's on Instagram and you can see her Sisters Keepers magazine and everything else that she's doing. So it's really cool. Um, We are on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor and a few other platforms. And our Instagram is The Modern Model Pod. And we will be back (laughs) next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central. Bye, y'all.